0: Don't rush it. Okay. You wouldn't propose to someone on your first date. Don't rush for the sale either. You got to make sure that you take the time to build trust and make sure that everyone is ready to take the next step. If you try to force it, you'll ruin it. Okay. So think about what does somebody need to know in order to feel confident about taking that next step? And how can you help get their questions answered? so that they have no more objections, that they're ready to do this, so that they're excited to do it. Okay, so don't rush it. You are listening to the High Growth Founders Podcast, where we give you unfiltered truth and ideas about accelerating the growth of your startup and becoming the founder you were born to be. No fluff, no games, just straight to business. I'm your host, Casey Jones. Through my career as a coach, consultant, advisor, and mentor, I've worked with hundreds of founders on their go-to-market strategy, building an authentic personal brand, and growing as a leader. You are here for one thing, growth. And this show is dedicated to helping founders accelerate growth, period. We will dive into not only the best strategies that are working today. But discuss the biggest mistakes and failures that industry leaders have made in the past so you don't have to. So, kick back, relax, and let's get into the show. One of the most common struggles entrepreneurs have is selling. In fact, many of the founders I talk to try to avoid it altogether. They either want to hire someone else to sell their product, or they want to make their product so perfect it sells itself. And yes, I am very familiar with product-led growth. There's a ton of value there, but (laughs) guess what? You cannot get out of selling as a founder and still be successful. It is a must. Whether you're selling to customers, investors, or job candidates, as a founder, you will always be selling. And so it is critical that you learn how to do it and do it well. And a lot of you have had bad experiences in dealing with not very good salespeople, or you have this preconceived notion of what sales is really supposed to be like, and you think, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. And I want to talk today about the fact that I actually think you know more about how to be a good salesperson than you think you do, because sales is like any other relationship. It really is. And so today I'm going to teach you the nine rules of dating that if you follow them, you'll be better at sales. And so, and this is even if you think you suck at sales, even if you think you suck at dating, um, I'm hoping this will simplify things just a little bit and that you will learn something along the way. So let's dive in. Okay. Number one, the number one rule when it comes to dating. When it comes to selling, is do not talk about yourself all the time. Right. And think about a great date that you've been on. There's banter, there's back and forth. And if anything, they probably let you talk more um, than is maybe a little typical. They asked you good questions. Um, they made you feel like they were interested in learning about you. Right. So, so apply this to, to sales. Spend more time asking questions and listening with curiosity. Way too often we get on a sales call and it's just a salesperson going on and on and on about their product. They don't know anything about us. They don't know anything about why we might actually want or need that product. It feels like I'm being sold to instead of having a conversation. And, you know, there's something that, um, my, my dear friend, Walker McKay, who if you haven't listened to my interview with him yet, please go back and listen to it. He's an amazing sales trainer and it's like tons of just knowledge bombs on this topic. But one of the things he talks about a lot, which really has stuck with me is the fact that people don't like being sold to, but they love buying. And what's the difference there, right? It's, it's that they're in control, that it's about them. It's about what they want and what they need instead of about what you want and you need. So if you can, on that first call that you have, really take the time to learn about them, understand them, give them time to share what they're going through, what they're hoping for. You're going to build trust. You're going to build rapport. And you're going to find out how you actually can work together and if it's even worth doing it. Okay, so again, don't talk about yourself all the time. <laughs> Number two is show, don't tell. And I think about this a lot. I think in human nature, right? Confident people don't feel the need to constantly talk about how great they are, right? I am always very skeptical of someone who goes on and on about how talented they are at something or how good they are at something because I my experience is that, that truly talented people don't feel the need to talk about it. Um, they show their talent, right? They show their expertise, their, their smarts, all of the rest. And so when you're on a sales call, it's not about just going on and on about how great the product is. Instead, share customer testimonials. Or, or show examples that display those results. Have confidence in what you do and how you do it, instead of feeling like you have to convince someone. Because the whole, the whole idea of convincing someone of something, it's it's a fool's errand. It rarely works. Um, but we can show them the results. We can we can lead by example. And so, you know, if you think about, um, how your, your company, your product, your service, that one of the real advantages is that, um, uh, incredible customer service. Okay. How can you bring that, um, that concept into a sales conversation? right? How can you show that? I think a lot of you might've seen the, there's an old um, episode of the office where they're out on a sales call and the person that they're talking to, um, talks about how the, the company that they work with currently, it's really frustrating. You can't get anybody on the phone. You get sent to this like automated phone tree. And so while they are on one line um, on the phone going through an automated phone tree with, the, with their competitor, they call the Dunder Mifflin office and Pam picks up and immediately directs them to the right person, right? And it feels personal. It feels different. So what are the things you can do that show um, the greatness of your product, your service, your company, um, instead of just telling them? So number three is tell more stories. It's really interesting. I think, especially those of us that tend to be um, fairly logical and data-driven people, we think that everyone is motivated by data. And it's what's, what's fascinating is that even people that think that they're motivated by data really aren't. <laughs> we actually, our brains actually just don't remember when somebody is giving us like facts or data. We are much more likely to remember. Facts and data when it is included in a story. So instead of saying, you know, uh, on average, we save customers 10 hours a week, you can say, hey, you know, this customer, they came to us with this problem. Um, They struggled in this way. Here's how we help them. And now um, they report that we've saved them 10 hours a week. Someone is going to remember that story. And the number associated with it much more than they will if you just gave them the data. So think about the stories that um, back up what you do. Another way to think about how to tell stories is also think about what are the objections or doubts that a prospect has about working with you or your, cus- or your company. Um, so sometimes you can think about even w- what would their limiting beliefs be? So maybe you have customers that think, "You know what, there's no way this will ever work for me because "I haven't done this first, or I haven't done that," or "I'm not good at this." So can you tell stories that address your most common objections before they even come up? right So think about that. You can be pretty... Um, Strategic about how you leverage stories and do it in a way that really gets the right, um, gets a really positive impact from what you're doing and what you're talking about. Okay, so tell more stories. Okay, number four, do your research. (laughs) Okay, it sucks going on a date with someone who can't remember who you are or confuses you with someone else. And the same is true in a sales call. If I get on a sales call and it's clear that the person doesn't really know who I am or why they're talking to me, they're just trying to sell me something, I immediately get frustrated and I don't really want to be on that call. So before you get on a sales call, take a few minutes, look this person up on LinkedIn, look up their company, have an idea of how you can help them and prepare specific questions to learn even more. A little goes a long way. you got to know about their company. you got to know about their role in the company. And let's be fair, you've got to know about your industry as a whole. So if you're not doing regular customer discovery research, um, I highly encourage you to do that. I'll um, have another um, podcast episode where we just dive into doing ideal customer discovery interviews because it can completely change everything um in your business but do your research If you're listening to this show I know you care about growth growth of the revenue and even better the profits of your business growth of the freedom and autonomy in your life and growth of yourself as a founder and you are exactly who I created the high growth founders newsletter for When you subscribe every week, you get an email with simple, actionable advice to help you be the high growth founder you were meant to be. No BS, no fluff, just the strategies, tactics, and resources I've learned that help you grow your business and yourself as a founder. So go to newsletter.highgrowthfounders.com and subscribe today. number five. So people want to know what is in it for them. Time is precious. Buyers and dates want to spend their time with people that can add value to their lives. So part of this goes back to not just talking about yourself, but you want to make sure that you're speaking specifically about how your product can help them or their company, right? How can it help the person that they're talking to. So not even just the company at, on a broader scale, but specifically the person you're talking to. Are they the decision maker? Are they the influencer? How can your product make their jobs, their lives easier? How can you help them achieve their goals, solve problems that they're they're facing? Make sure you get to that quickly and make sure that every conversation is really focused on them what is in it for them? Why should they continue to take the time to talk to you? Okay. So people want to know what's in it for them. Now, number six, people trust their friends' opinions. So When we think about this from a dating perspective, and it's interesting, it's it's I I've been partnered for a while, so I haven't been on the dating scene for for a few years now. But let's be real. What what do we do? We take screenshots of, you know, Tinder conversations and send them to our friends for feedback, or we go on a date and we call a friend and be like, you know what, they did this or they said that. What do you think? Um, and it's also, you know what, I'm a lot more likely to go on a date with someone when I got referred to them or I got introduced them to them um, by someone who knows me, right? And the same is true in business. It is much easier to get a new customer when that introduction comes from a trusted person. So it's important that you develop a process for regularly asking customers for referrals to friends, to colleagues that they think might be able to help. Um, there are some really cool tools that I've been discovering that help do this. Um, so if you, I don't know, if you want some recommendations, please let me know. Because um, there's several people and businesses out there that specialize it, specialize in helping you get more referrals, because this is just a key part of Of growing your business and sustaining your business, and sometimes this also means not just getting referrals, but getting reviews, right? This goes back to kind of the telling stories if If someone can look up and see that that there's multiple people that I don't know they have something in common with that you have also helped, they're a lot more likely to want to do business with you. Okay, So again, People trust their friend's opinions, So find ways to leverage that to your benefit. Now, number seven, don't rush it. Okay, you wouldn't propose to someone on your first date. Don't rush for the sale either. You got to make sure that you take the time to build trust and make sure that everyone is ready to take the next step. If you try to force it, you'll ruin it. Okay. So, so think about what, would, what does somebody need to know in order to feel confident about taking that next step? And how can you help get their questions answered so that they have no more objections, that they're ready to do this, so that they're excited to do it? Okay. So don't rush it. But number eight, you also need to be honest about what you want. So let the other person know what you're hoping to gain. Right? If you're dating, it's it's you want to tell someone if you want a relationship or just a fling. If you're talking business, you want to let them know that you are hoping to do business with them. It's not about pushing for the sale too soon, but it is about being clear about what your expectations are. Um it was really interesting my very first um a phone sales job. This is a million years ago. This is probably 14 years ago, I think. Good Lord, that sounds so far. Um, but it is, it, I cold called realtors and tried to sell them Google ads. Okay, Eight, 14 years ago. People didn't even know what this was. Um, they'd never heard of my company because we didn't work for Google, we worked for an agency. Um, and let's be honest, it was kind of a boiler room and I was never allowed to call them back. It had to be a one call close and I had to have billing information within the first 12 minutes of my phone call or my managers made me hang up the phone. So what was really interesting and we all would try to test this rule, but we were taught really early on. They said, they used this phrase. They said, you need to drop the line within the first 30 seconds of the phone call. By dropping the line, they meant make it clear that you're there to close a sale, and so we our script was something like, you know, hey so and so, did you know that 240 people a month are searching for home homes for sale in your city? I'd love to get you on the first page of Google so that when they do that search, they see an ad for you as a realtor. Uh, what's the what's the billing information on the credit card you'd like to use today? literally. That was basically the script. So you you jumped right into it. And people would usually laugh and be like, whoa, 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 I got some questions for you. And they'd, answered, they'd ask some questions. And you'd get to the point of whether, yes, it was going to happen or no, it wasn't. We would all try to game this. We'd say, no, you know what, it's too soon. And so we wouldn't say it early on. And you'd have this really positive conversation. They'd be really interested. And then 10 minutes in, you'd be like, okay what's the billing information on the credit card you'd like to use and people would get so angry because they thought you were just having this like easy chill conversation and then all of a sudden you are making it clear that no you actually were there to sell them and they did not appreciate that so the deal is is it's not about pushing for the sale too soon but it is about letting you letting them know what you're hoping to gain What are you there for? And there's no need to drag it out if you're both looking for different things, right? It's better to know early and save yourself some time. One thing I have learned in all of my years of working with salespeople is truly the best salespeople are the ones that qualify out bad opportunities faster than the rest. They're not wasting their time with people that aren't gonna buy. And so if you can be clear about What you're looking for, you give them a chance to say yes or no, and it can save you a lot of time. Okay, so be honest about what you want. And last but not least, number nine, you've got to evaluate them too. We have a tendency to do this in dating, in getting new jobs, in sales. We chase the date or the sale without deciding if we even really want it. Right? So you need to evaluate them just the way they are evaluating you. Find out, are, are they a great fit for you, your product, your company? And if there's any doubt, push back. Push back. It's not only are you going to ensure that you get much higher quality customers which you want and you need? But playing just a little bit hard to get is only going to make you seem more desirable. It's also um) A bit of a uh, pattern interrupt. Prospects don't expect a salesperson to say, Hey, you know what? I'm not sure that I'm the best fit for you. Can I ask you a few more questions? They don't expect that. And so when you do it, it shifts the dynamic and it builds a lot of trust. So make sure that throughout your sales process, you are evaluating if they are a good customer for you, just the way they are evaluating if you are a good vendor for them. Okay, So these are the nine (laughs) dating rules that absolutely apply to sales and can help simplify your process of conducting sales in a very human-first, relationship-centric way that doesn't feel icky, that feels positive, it feels supportive, and it feels honest and authentic to you. So I hope that was helpful. If I forgot of something that you want to add into this, please share your two cents. Come find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, all the places. And let me know what you think about this um, because I always love learning from you. And um, I hope you learned something from this. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the High Growth Founders Podcast. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show of whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from. Much like this show, I love getting into the good, the bad and everything in between. So please feel free to express yourself in the reviews of the show. Leaders are the best givers and after all, we are all here to learn from one another. So please, if this episode made you think of a founder who is leveling up in their business, take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're looking for some help identifying where you have the most opportunity to grow your startup or yourself, take my growth audit at a slash growth audit. You'll answer some questions about your business and yourself as a leader that will shed some light on where you can improve. Plus, you'll have the chance to book some time with me to talk through your results. Okay, that's what I've got. In love and growth, I am out of here. See you next time.